going on, everyone? Hello, hello. You guys doing well? I hope so. Me and Brian are doing well. Yeah, I know you're really excited. You're about to uh, leave soon for New Orleans in a couple days. Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, chances are, if you're listening to this, he's probably already been back, but go go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a bachelor party with uh, my boy, uh, Matt Moore. Oh, we're Get, throwing out governments? Yeah, I mean, there's so many Moors, like... Like the, the Dolphins quarterback? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, it's such a generic name, like... Like, I'm sorry if you didn't want that to be heard, Matt, but we'll edit it out if need be. He'll curse you out. He'll curse me out. Or maybe he'll like it and be like, thanks for the shout out. <laughs> I doubt it. He's a he's a very private man. Is privacy even a real thing? But that's a whole different subject. We already talked about that. Exactly. What is it like three episodes ago? Maybe. Three, four. Actually it was like two. Yeah, it was two. Anyways. We're now in that. Our subject. listeners will know. Exactly. Anywho. What are we talking about today? <laughs> Let's talk about uh how media shapes us. You know, media slash art slash whatever you want to call it, film, film. TV shows, music. But that's cetera, why media is plural. Remember? Yeah, media is the plural of medium. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give you. I'll let you say this title because you're the one who actually came up with it. I am. So, art that has shaped us. There you go. Yes, it's a bit of a departure from our usual mo. Uh, we like to talk about kind of niche topics, but today I figured it would be pretty cool um, to talk about things that interest us in particular uh, in terms of entertainment. Uh, I got this idea from when we both did our spotlights and how we both kind of loosely went over like hobbies and things we enjoyed and stuff like that. So why not dedicate a whole episode to what we have our eyes on and specifically things that have had such a strong impact on us that uh and to add i didn't mean to interrupt but like to add cohesion to it we categorized it so we're not sound like we're everywhere yeah there there's gonna be some structure this uh discussion exactly. <laughs> we're not gonna just be bringing up oh yeah i like i like this exactly uh, yeah, it's yeah. like how did you bring that topic up you know what yeah. I mean? like um <clears throat> So, yeah, without further ado, you know, let's get right into it. Uh, So first thing, first, I guess, on our list of categories is, you know, my personal favorite uh, films. Uh, Who's going first? That's why I have the list right there, Ryan. So you want me to go first? Yeah. All right. All right. I'll go first. Yeah. So the first film I wanted to mention, this is actually a film that I watched not too long ago. I'd say about four to five months ago. It's a Netflix original. It's called What the Health. It's a document. It's a documentary on basically the food that we eat, specifically red meat, poultry, and fish, and uh, how it's mysteriously linked to diabetes and cancer, and how these companies, like not companies, but organizations, I'd say, like oh, there's the, companies, a lot of, like. Big companies, like food production companies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not talking about the food production companies. I'm talking about the quote unquote nonprofits, like the American uh, Cancer well, Society and yeah, the. They get a lot of money to, from them. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and how they kind of 
they manipulate uh, do money um not what i really want to get into is more so how they brush aside sort of things that cause these kinds of diseases and more so only focus on what to do once you have them and if what this guy this director of this document documentary did is he went on these sites and looked up uh specifically with the the diabetes uh organization and he looked up their diet plans and a lot of their suggestions have foods that are linked to causing diabetes apparently apparently like this documentary definitely broke down the pyramid table yeah what we're supposed to eat yeah and like Carve is like mm-hmm. <laughs> one of like the worst things on there because like well like eggs eggs, eggs too, are yeah. really really bad apparently exactly so I don't agree with everything on here yeah. and there's definitely you know scientific evidence that you know puts a lot of the claims in this film into question but it's still nice to watch just for perspective when it came out it was a big like controversial documentary. yeah because it came yeah. out like 2016 uh 17 yeah 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 it was like so, a couple of years ago yeah. and I just finally got around to watching it and. This had a big impact on me because it really made me take my diet seriously. Um, I really kind of monitor specifically things like meat, poultry, and carbs. Uh, I don't really eat eggs anymore. Um, It's had such a big impact on my diet. And ever since I made these slight adjustments, not huge adjustments, but slight adjustments nonetheless, uh, I've actually just been steadily losing weight. Like, I lost over 15 pounds from changing my diet, and I don't even go to the gym. <laughs> so, you do have to understand, listeners, everyone is different, and you're, like, this documentary, What the Health, they're definitely exposing, like, how we were conditioned, how food was, like, what foods were good for us and what foods were bad and, like, breaking it down for us. But, like, everyone's different at the end of the day. Everyone's diet is different. You have to essentially go through trial and error when you're yeah. trying your diet. Like, don't just think that that diet that works for the other person, they look great, it's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Your metabolism doesn't work the same. Mm-hmm. So, like, just trial, error, experiment with, with your food. Try different diets. Didn't you used to be, like, a gym trainer at one point? I've just been sports and now all my life uh-huh. yeah like I, I've been through like different sports programs and stuff like that like the biggest I've ever was was like 225 220 but now mm-hmm. I'm like 201 I like being 200 like 201 200 you like having a little weight on you I actually like it's like solid for me you know what mm-hmm. I mean like mm-hmm. when I'm like when I was 185 when I was 25 was like I was 20 21 years old I just felt too light I felt like I could break. I don't know. It wasn't like a good way for me. I felt weak. You know, my brother uh, has has been going through that same sort of uh, dilemma right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made like some big adjustments to his diet. And he was like, damn, I feel like I'm losing too much weight. Like I feel light right now. I need need to get some of this weight back. At one one point, you were bigger than him, weren't you? Uh, In terms of weight? Yeah. Um... There's been like, there's been many times that I've been I've weighed more than him. Right now we're equal. Okay. Um, but I plan on going back to the gym uh, and hitting it pretty hard uh, in like a couple weeks because I like to use my school's gym because uh, I already pay for it technically. Exactly. It's in my tuition, 
and I'm gonna be there four times a week, so might as well just hit the gym every day when I'm there. So yeah. if you get ripped, it's just gonna be life's gonna be different. <laughs> like, Life is different yeah. when you're ripped. <laughs> like if you get ripped, because I've always seen you as like like smaller. So like it's gonna be interesting. Mm. Are you like? Uh, is this like a new thing for you? Because usually you don't go to the gym as much. Uh, I've had like phases okay there's been times i've been i hit the gym pretty hard and then i just kind of something unless some kind of like life change happens and just throws me off my game and then eventually you're just like you're just like oh man i really feel like going to the gym i feel like i could be doing this right now mm-hmm. um so you really 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 gotta put that you know really have your priority straight and you know put your health first exactly mm-hmm. I always say health over wealth. Yeah. yeah. What the health? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, on to the next movie. Mm-hmm. I, I found this movie pretty interesting. And uh, I'm kind of upset you took it from me, but it's all yours. Go ahead. So my sec- the, my second, you know, film that I really wanted to highlight here is one that I'm sure most people listening to this podcast have watched. You know, most people in the U.S. have probably watched this film at least twice. Um, and that is, of course, uh, Infinity War. Uh, it's hard for me to say anything about this film that hasn't already been said. Uh, you look like you want to say something, though. <laughs> I was going to say, I am inevitable. Oh, I, I said am. I said inevitable. Inevitable. But that was from the <sighs> sequel. That was from the sequel. I know, but it, it's just like, that's that's what made this movie and uh, the entrance, like, the beginning of that movie was insane. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, this is yours. This well, is yours. so here's something that I read about and about this film and watching it after reading this mm-hmm. um, really put things in perspective for me. And that's how the film handles its climax. So obviously we're going to get into a little spoiler territory. So, I mean, I guess. Sorry. Yeah, spoiler alert. But spoiler if you have, it's alert. been like how many months? Uh, it's, it's been over a year and it's on Netflix exactly <laughs> if it's on Netflix then yeah. you don't get to be upset alright <laughs> uh, I'll try to avoid like major major spoilers but I mean it's gonna get pretty spoiler anyway yeah. uh, the way the hit the film handles its climax um, so if you remember there's actually three sort of action scenes that are going on at, at the, the same, same time. time and that's the Battle of Wakanda yep the Battle on Titan yep and then Thor uh, forging that's his hammer time. yep um and each of these scenes are going on at the same time, but the way the film handles all three is uh, obviously smart editing, and with that smart editing comes that, if you've noticed this, each of those scenes have has a different, um, has a different sort of uh, color pattern. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a good way for, you know, the movie to bounce back and forth between these three different settings and still as a viewer be you know subconsciously aware that it's doing that so you're not getting confused between all these characters and all these settings side note did you know it almost took like a year and a half to like make daniel's like actual face like i watched this like 17 minutes i believe it it's it's amazing cgi i'm not gonna lie like thanos's character design all right don't call me a year and a half but it took a really long time but go ahead oh yeah like because if you go back and you watch like the original like thanos cameos in like the older adventure films like he looks way different it looks way way different this last movie was amazing yeah it was incredible Uh but the beginning scene was hilarious when captain marvel went to check out what he's doing she's like oh he's cooking and they went in and just whipped his ass i was like yo what is going on 
<laughs> no, now you're getting into end game spoilers. That's that's oh end game spoilers. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like it's an incredible film, yeah. and it really, really, you know, opened my eyes to what smart directing. Oh, can you're right. Do. I did go end game, but still, yeah. it's still funny. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pass the rock to you. Are you uh, going to pass you, it to me? What do you got to give us today? So I guess it's my turn. I'm going to actually start off with a documentary t- as well. Uh, it's a documentary I watched a couple of days ago. Uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, always. Ah, enunciate. A couple of days ago. It's called uh, Print the Legend. Uh, have you heard I've never of heard of this. you never heard of this documentary? Mm-hmm. You should watch it. Uh, Is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix, actually. So, it's a Netflix original. I suggest people look into it. Uh, it's a 2014 documentary. Uh, that's when it came out. It's about uh, the 3D printing revolution. Ooh. And it focus on it focuses on, like, uh, three startup companies. Uh, first one is MakerBot, Formlabs, and 3D Systems. There's a few others that, like, were in there that I thought they were interesting, but, like, they really focused on these three companies and um the idea of the community is to be open source which i thought was like a interesting concept because like you know how like gig economy and like sharing economy is like on the rise mm-hmm. and, like yeah yeah like yeah. How, how we can like start doing things ourselves and we get yeah. compensated for it mm-hmm. like during our own time like, yeah that's really huge you, get like, what you know what i mean like we both do doordash yeah so 3D printing has been around forever, since, like, the 80s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's that's not new. What's new is, like, we can personalize it. Yeah. Like, we can make our own laptops, make our own, like, clothing, own designs. Mm-hmm. But here's the flip side. A lot of people are going to find out to make their own violent, like, weapons, like, guns. So this, yeah. is, this is where the documentary got interesting. Mm-hmm. And they talk about this, like anarchist slash like revolutionary man named Cody Wilson and this this guy he's a lawyer he's from Texas he's like all about gun rights probably like a right wing whatever mm-hmm. but like minds like him they, they 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 focus on him like being an interesting character because like they like fantasized him in the documentary but like he has like evil plots like he's like you can't stop this like they may be able to stop me as like Cody Wilson, like that's what he was saying, but like the idea is going to keep going, especially as 3D printing is going to revolutionize. I was just like, whoa, mm. that's crazy. But um, I really suggest people should look into it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, so it's a documentary film, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, ch- I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll see what's good. I mean, like they really talked about like the drama and the companies and stuff like that. How like. This guy named, like, Bree, I'm going to mess his name up, I'm like, Bree Pittis, he ended up being the CEO of MakerBots, and, like, when they started off, they were all, like, good friends, and then when, like, they started making some money and started getting bigger offices, he started switching up his plan, especially when they heard about this guy, Cody Wilson, he was, like, a paradise shift in that, like, market now. He's like, all mm-hmm. right, it, this can be dangerous. Even Obama was talking about it, and, like, mm-hmm. one of, like, the state office... Uh, Senate meetings, like how dangerous this could be with 3D printing. Mm. Sounds like like a complex plot. Yeah, it is. But (laughs) I highly suggest people look into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my next movie, honestly, like I'm going to be fully like transparent about this. Like the only reason why I really like this movie is for the introduction. Like the first five to ten minutes. That's fine though because that just means like it has great directing. Okay. 
the movie's a six out of ten. <laughs> like I'm gonna be a hot, a hot, like all together it's a six out of ten. Like I'm. It definitely it. falls apart. Exactly, because like the, the dialogue and everything. Like, well, what film are we talking about? I know, I know. Like, I know, I'll keep that suspense there. But the <laughs> film is called Belly. Uh, <laughs> it's a te- like it's not a terrible movie. It's just like what Brian said. It fell apart. Yeah. <clears throat> so this movie came out in 1998. Uh, it's an American crime drama film. Uh, it's directed by a very famous director. Shout out mm-hmm. Hype Williams. Yes, he really made his name with directing music videos. Yes. He, and he, you can tell when you watch this film because it feels like a 90s rap music video. Like, this the introduction to this film is it's going down history. Yes, like, I HOF, agree. like Hall of Fame. Like, at least for that time and that era, <sighs> prolific. Yes. You get what I'm saying? It, like, it, everything from the the shot composition to the music, what? just the overall editing, like, oh my goodness. It was like, so smooth. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, it, like, it's just that satisfying, like, say if a person has, like, an OCD and, like, they need, like, three straight lines before they can, like, take a shower or something. Mm-hmm. Like, th- those three lines were, like, it took five minutes to make, but after those five minutes, you were satisfied. And that's how this... This introduction to this yeah. film felt. This, so unfortunately, like like I said, not only does the film like fall apart, like just just everything regarding it wasn't written well. Well, not even just the writing. It's just like just just everything. Just like from the plot to the characters, like character but motivations. But that's 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 what I'm saying. Yeah. Writing's not just about the story. It's about like the setup, the characters, yeah. the developing. <sighs> You know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by it, it wasn't written well. It wasn't yeah. set up well. It was, it, I'll admit this, through the whole thing, the directing, like the actual shot composition was still great. Yeah, it was still great because yeah. Hype Williams, he knows yes. how to get a good, yes. good shot composition, but that's why producers and writers matter. Yeah, he needed better script writers, yeah. definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, this matters. Yeah. It's, it's, under, it's under the surface. You know, that's the mm-hmm. foundation. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to the next category, and it's going to be TV shows. Okay. Yeah. Um, most of my TV shows, full disclosure, is going to be like from 2011 and older. I just because uh, that's when you most of the time you're watching TV. Yeah, but because like yeah. you probably just kind of you kind of stop watching TV at certain points in your life. Like I don't have a next a Netflix account. You said you don't. No, I don't. Like I, I stop watching Netflix. You don't even borrow like a family members yeah. or friends. No. <laughs> I have Amazon Prime. I'm not gonna lie about that, but like, yeah, everybody has Amazon yeah. Prime. Like my next documentary I'm gonna watch is Free Meek. Free Meek. Free Meek. Yeah. Is that on Amazon? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. So it's gonna be an interesting one because he's been going through a lot of stuff for the past like yeah yeah decade and decade or like half a decade. Yeah, regarding his like probation. Yeah. And there was also big news about that recently. How uh, he like did. I forgot what happened, but uh, it was something. I thought it was just something in regards to like the judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have to look into that, but nonetheless, uh, what's your first um, pick for your TV show? Yeah, let's get back to the topic. Right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first TV show is actually uh, Criminal Minds. I'm actually Classic. yeah, actually a big fan of that. Haven't but, watched it personally myself, but uh, I've heard it's really good. It's really good. I actually watch it. For, like, the actual show and learning about the show. Like, obviously, 
the shows exaggerate a lot of uh, scenarios and stories, but they actually come from real case crimes. Real cases, yeah. Yeah, they just switch up the name, switch up the setting. And a lot of, like, fun fact, I know Joe Budden likes to watch Law and Order. Yeah, Law and Order is the real big one. They have, like, Criminal Intent, SVU, just different Law and Orders. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, Criminal Minds has the same thing. Like, they have their own different version. Yeah, yeah, like spinoffs and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's like yeah. like crime suspects or something like that. But yeah. the original Criminal Minds is just better. <laughs> yeah. It's just um, the writing's pretty good. Um, How many act, seasons is it? I think it's on. It's like thirteen now, or maybe it's, is it like still ongoing? I think I can look it up right now. Give me one sec. I actually have it open. So you it started just... in 05 and has three hundred and fourteen episodes, and yeah, it's still going. WETV. It's actually okay. on right now. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. So, a lot of catch up though. Yeah, I mean, if you just catch an episode, it's like one of those shows where you just catch an episode, you're like, you don't even have to like no, follow like the, the season. You're just yeah. like, wow, this is amazing. Or at least mm-hmm. a good TV show. I wouldn't say amazing, but mm-hmm. a good TV show. Okay, yeah. And then uh, one of my, my next TV show is actually like more chill, relaxed one. Uh, I think it's, a few people's favorite Martin Martin yeah, yeah. classic sitcom exactly Martin came out August 27 1992 mm-hmm. I don't know it's like more entertaining actually watching Martin or like listening about like the stories behind Martin's production yeah apparently, I heard it was crazy yeah like specifically with Martin Lawrence like apparently Martin Lawrence was like out of his mind back then Really? Like, constantly getting in fights with, like, his co-stars and all that stuff. Because he's always talking shit. <laughs> like, he always, he's always, like, talking smack to people. It's mm. crazy. And I heard he actually, like, fell in love with, uh, was it Tasha Campbell? There's too many stories yeah. behind that, behind the scenes. Like, because it kind of, like, fell short. You know what I mean? Like, it's only five years. It's only a five-year show. Yeah. I mean, like, sitcoms don't go for that long. But I feel like it could have went for a while. Like, it, at least, like, eight years. It could have. But like I said, like, I can't really think of a sitcom as went for, like, more than, like, six years. In the 90s, maybe, right? Yeah. But it's, like, one of the highest-rated shows sitcom running mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's that's the only reason why yeah like I said like king it's like kind of king of the 90s sitcoms I think it's way better than Fresh Prince of Bel-Air um I'm not a huge fan of Fresh Prince there are select scenes though in Fresh Prince that are really really good good yeah, yeah I'll say that but overall like Martin has it mm-hmm. exactly that's a good way of putting it Brian there's a few scenes of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air you're know, just like Wow, this is a hard like the movie. the yeah like the the one that everybody knows about is when uh the episode when uh, Will meets his dad alright why does his dad want him? He starts like, yeah, crying yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nah, like, there's a couple good episodes, but overall, like, I don't think it was that great. Mm. But, uh, That's fair. It's your turn now, Brian. What are your Alrighty. favorite TV shows? Um, so, first one I want to mention <coughs> is this show. It's kind of an old show, but I'm watching it right now because uh, I was kind of bored and it really sucked me in after, like, the first, like, two episodes. And that is Entourage. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, I know nothing about this show. No, nothing. So but it's the basic, been like one of the best shows I heard from HBO. Um, so the yeah, the basic like synopsis is you. It, the Entourage is about this this 
crew of guys. One of them's a, like a Hollywood actor who's on the rise. Okay. And he has three friends that are just kind of coming along with him for the ride. One of his one is his manager, one is his driver, and another one is like his brother who's like also trying to make it in Hollywood who used to have a career like back in the day but then kind of dropped the ball and is working his way back in with the help of his brother mm-hmm. and it's basically just like their adventures and just and they get on all types of crazy situations um what every episode likes to do is like it has like this a plot b plot sort of thing so you have like the a plot dealing with uh the actor his name is Vince and his manager who's also his best friend so is Vince the curly hair guy yeah okay. yeah um and you have the B plot, which is uh, the driver. His name's Turtle, and then the actor's brother named Drama. That's his nickname, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is his? Name? Yeah, I don't think yeah. they ever even say his real name. That's messed up. <laughs> Maybe like once or twice, but I I, I never really call it. I would always hate to be the actor with just a nickname, like, <laughs> and they just like make up a story but never gave the real name. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, what I like most about this show is not just from the fact that like it's hilarious. Um. But also how weirdly accurate it is. Not super duper accurate. Like obviously a lot of things are exaggerated, but just the way it depicts how the industry works, I think is really cool. Cause um, Vince has his manager, he has his agent, he has his PR agent, he has like his real estate agent. Oh, um, so it's actually like a posse, like it's yes. gang gang. Yes. Okay. Yeah, like, like it's in the name Entourage. Okay. Yeah, um, but it's like white people's version of saying gang gang. Pretty much, pretty much. I'm not going to lie, the word entourage is cool. Yeah, it sounds more sophisticated. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's cool because they're all, because another cool part about the show is that all these guys are from New York, but they're living in L.A., and they have, like, these really strong, like, New York accents. True. Um, It's just really, really entertaining. And they probably have, like, a hustle and bustle mindset in L.A. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, it's it's a different culture. Mm Mm-hmm. You really think about it. Yeah. That's why I just always talk about like everybody forgets about the Midwest in America, and then we talk about L.A. or New York, mm-hmm. East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's hilarious as hell. Like I've I've been loving it. I'm on season three right now, which apparently is the best. I could be wrong about that. Um, season two was really really good. So that's when it hooked you. It wasn't season one. No, season one hooked me. Okay, like by like episode two, I was like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna be watching this for most of my nights. <laughs> so. Here's the thing, you know, this is a little bonus. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite. It's the reason why I left it out mm-hmm. because I only liked ep- uh, season one, The Wire. The Wire. The Wire hooked me in se- the first episode, mm-hmm. and then season one obviously was great, and then I felt like it fell off season two. I don't know. I've never watched The Wire. Like I said, I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, but I'm not trying to. Inter- I was just an example mm-hmm. of like when you get hooked. Yeah. yeah, that's why. That's why I wanted our listeners. Yeah, to, like it's yeah. it's one thing to get hooked, but like it's a like when a show really like does its job to keep up that momentum mm-hmm. is you know a job worth applauding. Okay, so that was my uh, first pick. My second pick is a show that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I really like at anime, and I've watched a bunch of shows, but this one really really sticks out for me for a lot of reasons and. It's also a really popular popular one too. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with this show. It's called uh, Full Metal Alchemist, and I'm specifically talking about Brotherhood. I'm not talking about the the OG anime from 03. I'm talking about Brotherhood, which came out. That's in 09. OG. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. O three is O C. <laughs> yeah, because it's it was the original anime adaptation. Like it's an adaptation of the manga, which is like a Japanese cartoon. Not cartoon. Japanese <laughs> comic book. Um, and though they did that first anime adaptation in O three, and then they redid it in O nine with Brotherhood. And the point of Brotherhood is that it's more accurate to the source material. That's um, that's great and all, but when you say OG and O three, that makes people feel really old. Well, I don't mean OG <laughs> as in old. I mean OG as in like it was as the original. first. Yes, yeah, I got as you. in original. I got you. Um, but yeah, uh, this show literally has everything. Uh, I like the art style. I like the setting. I like the characters, and just the way the plot unfolds. Um, one thing I really like about the show is that it has a giant cast of characters. But nobody ever feels left out. Everybody has a place in the story. And then uh, during that final story arc of the series, how everybody just kind of comes together and, you know, in regards to this single conflict and how, like, sort of character arcs close, how character arcs are intentionally, like, kind of cut short. It's just really, really, really good stuff. Um, Great animation, too. Quick Um, question. Yeah. Would you prefer this over DBZ? Dragon Ball Z? Listen, Dragon Ball Z is like oh, that right first here? that first like anime you watch as a kid and like you just really like it cuz like all the fights and stuff like that and people are like punching and kicking each other every episode. But um there's no real story behind there it. There is really no story behind Dragon Ball Z. And there's no like actual connection to the characters. Yeah, like few characters get pushed to the wayside. Like even like some of like the really, really cool characters in that series. Uh that just series? Get, like, there's there's like four series later. Well, I mean like the whole series. <laughs> okay. Like when you like include everything. Um yeah, like it's, it's like a new generation now. Yeah. Um it's like it's it's definitely like the OG of that sort of kind of series, but uh, other shows have taken this general concept of Dragon Ball and have done it better. Yeah, <laughs> like um, just off the top of my head, like shows that I feel like have done that formula better. One Piece, Hunter Hunter. I like One Piece. Uh, One Piece yeah. is hilarious, actually. Yeah. Um, and that took the spirit of Dragon Ball and like made it its own and like just just did that sort of concept but better. Um, but you know I like Dragon Ball Z. Like it, I've I've recently rewatched it just because you know like just it's for, nostalgia. Like, yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one of my favorite shows. Um, there's almost nothing I don't like about it. I've the first time I watched it, I one of the first things I did after watching it was rewatching it, <laughs> and like it's over like sixty four episodes, um, so it's not short, um, but yeah, like I've watched it probably three times now, and I might watch it again before the end of the year. Uh, it's that good. <laughs> so, quick question: Can you like name like you said? There's a lot of characters. Can you name at least like three of the main characters? Um, so yeah, um, for those interested, I'll probably give like, I should probably give a synopsis, right? Uh, so the general story revolves around these two brothers. Okay. One is named Edward. The other one is named, uh, Alphonse and they, um, uh, lived with their parents. And then one day the, their father leaves 
and they don't know why because they were they were very young and eventually their mother falls ill and dies so what they tried to do was use alchemy to revive their mother and instead of reviving their mother what they actually ended up doing was um it's what they actually ended up doing was uh ed edward lost an arm and a leg alphonse lost his whole body and Jesus. Ed had to bind his soul into a suit of armor. So then what they tried to do after that is look for what's called the Philosopher's Stone in order to get their body parts back. And that's How did they lose their limbs? And Basically, know, when they p- tried to perform the alchemy to revive their mother, it, it created what they call a, a rebound. And instead of giving them something, it took away from them. So, you know, there's a, like, okay, let's back up a little bit. Why are they trying to revive their mother? Because, you know, they're kids, and they're like, we can use alchemy to solve our problems. So they used alchemy on their mother? Um, Basically, yeah. Okay. That's a little demonic. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's a little, yeah, it little uh, I don't know. It definitely goes in, like, that. F- the very first story arc actually goes into some pretty deep, like, Christian themes on, you know, like, what it really means to believe in God. Uh, Is it like, it, uh, what's that one show, Inferno? Dante Inferno, or whatever it's called? Uh, I haven't seen that. But it's like, okay. But yeah, continue. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always talking about religious and how, like... Yeah, yeah, relates. there's a lot of, like, kind of religious themes in this series, and it's really, really good stuff. <laughs> um, I don't want to give away too much after that, because, you know, the less you know, the better. Yeah, that was um, good. That was good. But yeah, like... They go on an adventure to search for the Philosopher's first Stone, and it takes them through many, many different situations. Okay. Uh, that's pretty cool. I'll actually probably look into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go to the next category, and that's uh, music. Music. Now, <laughs> let's, uh, we have three songs, Ryan and I. Let's uh, <laughs> uh, go into depth. Well, you have you might do you have songs because I have albums. So I have swimming is a song, isn't it? Swimming is an album. Is it an album? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what I did is I put an out two albums and a song. Okay. Just to like free up some time Mm -hmm. because we're talking about albums. I only want to scratch surface. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm not gonna go super deep, but uh, like you said, uh, I put swimming on as one of mine. So swimming is Mac Miller's last album. Okay. Uh, before he died, um, uh, it's kind of like a sequel to his previous album called uh, "The Divine Fem- Feminine." It has like a, it's the same kind of general feel, but where the Divine Feminine, fem- I struggle with it. The <laughs> Divine Feminine uh, was talking about you know what it means to be in love. Um, swimming talks about what it means to be depressed uh, and just to kind of be like what it means to feel defeated and uh every track on here is powerful but my all favorite my favorite track on the album is this song called wings and this this song man gives me chills every time i listen to it because it's basically a cry for help well no i'm sorry not a cry for help but a cry for redemption um even like because like mac miller he's not a great singer but like he has he still has like that emotion and soul in whenever like he sings and raps mm-hmm. and like that's just shown full force on this track um and just the production on this album as a whole is 
out of this world. Uh, even J. Cole lends a production credit on one of the tracks on there. Um, I believe most of them were produced by Mac Miller. I could be wrong with that. No, no, I, he was insane genius yeah. at his craft. Like, mm-hmm. I watched a document. I think I watched a little documentary on him and just the things he's done. Like, I think he dropped out of school at like 15. Yeah. Maybe like 16. 17. Actually, the thing is, like, he kind of blew up when he was like 17. Yeah, exactly. I've actually been like a Mac Miller, <laughs> Wiz Khalifa music video for MTV, <laughs> Meet Your Brother, a couple other people. Yeah, you went to that concert. Yeah. You went to like two of those concerts. I remember I was at one of them. Uh, were you at the Prevalian? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was the other one. Yeah, he was he was second in line uh, from Wiz because they had. No, but yeah, the, looking back, they had. The song we were in, I think they were together. That's a that's the song I think we were mm-hmm. in. I just remember that uh that concert they had Big Crit opening, then you had uh, Currency, you had Big Sean. This Mac was was before Sebastian before Air, uh, <laughs> this Amber was Rose. Wiz at like kind of his peak. I think this is when Wiz was looking Amber Rose's head forehead. Like, no no no, it was before Amber Rose because no, uh, Amber Rose is there, wasn't she? Was she? I'm pretty sure. Oh, she was. She, she was. was, she was. Yeah. It was right when they got together, though. It wasn't long after they got together. Yeah, yeah. This was back when uh, Rolling Papers was still coming Co- out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because the currency was there. Yeah, it yeah, man. There. That was a great concert. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. So the next album I want to talk about uh, is a Drake album. Um, I, I really like Drake. I don't care what anybody says. I like Drake. Uh, White skins have to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this album uh, is one that kind of sticks out with me the most and that's uh, Nothing Was The Same Uh, I was kind of going back and forth between this and Take Care for a while Uh, Take Care has some of my favorite Drake songs but I think Nothing Was The Same is the overall better album I was just Uh, driving back to practice (laughs) (laughs) that was a good song man Mm -hmm. yeah Nothing Was The Same uh, from the way it opens uh, Tuscan Leather uh, production is crazy. Drake is dropping bars, even though he might not have rolled with them. But who cares? He's 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 rapping in the booth. <laughs> Here's the thing: when it comes to writing, good writing, there's always a group of people. Cause like, like yeah, you have your grace, like Stephen King. You know, you you have great writers, but like, there's just when you have you're talking about writing in general. general like right? when you have like when you're writing like a like an album. Or like a like even some books. You have editors. You have people who like. Help well, you yeah, books make sense stuff. because uh, the way the books are written is like you you might write the first draft by yourself, yeah. But you run it by like alpha readers who check your stuff. You and, get like, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it, like even mm-hmm. good writing, it takes a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So at least like a f- handful of people to check your work because yeah. you know like. We're only human, you know. Yeah. We can't do everything by ourselves. Exactly. Like we make mistakes, exactly. and we might not realize them because, like, we did the work. Um, exactly. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But uh, and, like, I don't know. I feel like rap is different. I feel like a lot of a lot of rappers when they like write their lyrics, like they I was just, just write I was, them. In. I was just about to get into that. Like, yeah. I feel like it's glorified. Like a lot of rappers that they did them, they did it themselves. Yeah, they were in the trenches, and now. They shot up to mm-hmm. high flame, and everybody thinks they did it themselves. Yeah, uh, was self made. Yeah, the self made mentality. Yeah, and I get where you're going with this, right? Yeah. That's why people have a stigma when it, when it comes out that uh, rap some 
like when a rapper is found out to have a ghostwriter. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's the, not a real rapper then. Like, do you remember he, the Meek and Drake beef? Yeah, that like that's whole? literally how it started. Exactly. Like Meek called him out for having ghostwriters. And nobody, up until that point, nobody really knew that Drake had ghostwriters. Yeah, exactly. Um, even though going back, I can kind of tell because before, like, Drake just spit all right bars. Then remember, just out of nowhere, he just started spitting heat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think it was the same for Wayne, too. Like, I think um, Wayne, Wayne is a great writer. Don't get me wrong, Wayne's very smart. But he got to a point where he needed, like, help coming in because he was trying to learn the guitar. He was trying to learn how to skateboard. He was oh, looking yeah, at yeah. other stuff. I remember that, like, Rebirth album where he was, like, doing, like, a rock album. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, we're we're going pretty far off topic. Uh, coming back, you know why I like nothing was the same so much. Um, it's just it's just like the music is just very cohesive. Um, every track feels like it's meant to be together. Uh, and again, like most of the reasons why I like this album is the reason why I just like Drake in general. This album just kind of uh, amplifies it. Amplified. Well, not necessarily amplifies, but symbolizes everything. You know, I like about Drake. Uh, and yeah, nothing was the same. Great album. Uh, and the third example I have is this is an album that is near and dear to my heart. I'm, I feel like I'm going to be saying that a lot <laughs> on this podcast. But uh, yeah, um, this album is great. Um, this album really came out at a time, you know, where I was going through some things. And it was definitely great to put this on, just listen to it from front to back. Um, and this album is Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Um I think it's still widely agreed this is his best album, even though a lot of people really like um, To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, Damn has its fans. Money uh, Trees saved my life. Money Trees yeah, is bitch. one is one of the best <laughs> rap songs ever laid on wax. Yeah, bitch. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, there's so many tracks on here that I fucking love. Um, I'm just saying personally. Poetic Justice. Um, That's a great track. Back uh, Backseat Freestyle. Um... Bitch, don't kill my vibe. The original. I'm not. I like the remix with Jay's nah, verse. No, nah, no, nah, not the original. The original is what it's on this album. I know. Did they put a uh, the remix on the deluxe album? Yeah, the yeah. remix is on the deluxe album. What like I like the remix. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like Jay's verse. Uh, but I just like the feeling of the original, specifically the end where uh, Kendrick and Janae Aiko are like harmonizing. Yeah. Uh, that last verse, like that was really, really, really dope, and. I just hate how whenever they play it on the radio, they always just opt for the remix because, like, uh, you got Jay-Z on it. Why would we not play this over the original? Um, So, yeah, that kind of saddens me. But, yeah, I really like the original a lot. It's one of my favorite tracks of all time. Uh, Honestly, most of these tracks on here are really, really, really good. Um, Mad City is really good. Uh, Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst is really, really good. And I like the way it ends on Compton with Dr. Dre. Uh, Beats hard. Um, Dre gives you, you know, Dre delivery, like just great album front to back. I can listen to it without a sing. There's no skippers on this. Um, not even close to it. Like every track, you know, I love and fits a different mood for me. Um, and like I said, man, like this, this album came out at like a really important time in my life. And yeah, like the, I like the this topic is when, of like top dog entertainment were like, Almost at their like prime, like they didn't fall it, off. It 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 started with this, and like they they continued uh, like bringing that heat. It started them like rapping all together. They weren't groups; they were just like doing their like uh, Wu Tang thing. No, no, yeah, I know. Like the label was white way before that. But, I mean, like this kind of started the Top Dog reign. Is what I'm trying to say. You sure? No, yeah, no, because no, like when they were doing 
Huh. Nah, I'm not even going to search into it. But, like, they were doing this thing where it's like, what was it? Uh, so, Soab. Absol? Absol. No, I, I know what you're trying uh, to say. Yeah, like they it, have, they it's had... more like a, Mu, a Wu-Tang cypher ordeal when they, I know, they, I know. When they're doing their music. Together. I know, like, Schoolboy, no, a... Absol, Schoolboy, Kendrick, all of them just doing their thing, and then they split up to do different albums. Well, here's here's what I was trying to say, really. Like, yeah, like, they were always trying to do that Wu-Tang so thing. Um, I haven't heard of it in a while. That's but, why. like, what I'm, what I'm saying is that when Good Kid, Mad City came out, like, that's what really, you know brought to the forefront and then after good kid came out uh habits and contradictions yeah. uh that's when like schoolboy brought it absol brought it j-rock came out with a new album like yeah yeah like it's that like started with good kid i wouldn't i wouldn't i'm not even gonna front after money trees that's when i really started listening to j-rock because j-rock's album last year was pretty solid and i felt like it was not mm-hmm. appreciated as much but that's a different mm-hmm. story yeah that is a different story so yeah those are my three picks uh what 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 is what do you uh got for us? So I think I'm gonna do same thing you did, except like just for the sake of time, I'm gonna do two albums in the song. So I'm gonna start off with the song. Mm-hmm. This is for <laughs> what I've been seeing going on on social media. Oh god! <laughs> and, and like, like it's the reason why I need to be like, I need to just honestly either go to dog. And never get in a relationship way or like be married by now because I can't I can't. Get Why not this. both? Huh? <laughs> I'm not, I wish yeah yeah but you know how like some people just like end up becoming animal lovers and they're just like yeah I'm good with my pet I don't need to. Anyway, right, get, back to get my on point. With it. Get my on point. With it. My point is she wildin by Fabulous and Ooh, Chris Brown. She wildin' she yeah, do anything because like we're going we're going we're going towards the end of the summer. And it's about a lot of uh, city girls and hot city boy girls, stuff. Are city girls up? City uh, girls are up. They are up. Hey, <laughs> listen, listen. Word to my six five shooter. I'm a suburban boy. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm God. A cut, cut the podcast. Boy. <laughs> cut the podcast. Right yeah, <laughs> yo, I can't get with him. Like this cucumber. I can't eat a cucumber anymore. Anyways, that's for this uh, city girls. Even though I don't think that's what Meg DeSalian meant, but it is what it is. <laughs> I think she meant get money and like don't give don't give a f about what we think about. <laughs> like, anyways, so I'm gonna get on to the album. I want to actually shout out this woman because I think she had a really good album. I listened to it earlier um, in May, uh, late or uh, early June. It's a Sheer Butter Baby by Ari Lennox. Um, I don't, I don't think you heard of it or not. I have not. You have not. Um, mm-hmm. It's more of like a slow down R and B um, song. She's a American singer songwriter. She's a uh, works with J Cole. Okay. Under Dreamville and Interscope Records. Mm-hmm. Um, J Cole's produced a lot of her songs. Uh, B O M. Yeah, that's a really big song on her new album. That a lot of people should check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she works with Jid. Um. She worked with a lot of people from Dreamville, so okay. a little, little sh- big shout out to Ari Lennox for a really good uh, album. Was she on like Dreamville's last album? Uh, I think so with some of the hooks. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. She's, like it was called the Re- Revenge of the Dreamers. I th- I'm not 100 percent sure, but she's on. She's on, I think she's on with a Tyler sign, a Ty Dollar sign. Okay. Yeah, that song. Okay. So yeah, if you want to go back and look, I that think up. I remember that. Track. Yeah, but she's really good. And then this other album. Like straight hits, no miss. 
Diaspora. All killer, no filler. Yeah, exactly. Straight hit, no miss. Diaspora by Gold Link. Like, I don't know if you heard that album yet. Have you? Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Gold Link. I never really checked them out. Um, but I plan on changing that soon. Yeah, like, first thing, I'm just going to go, like, for, like, three songs. Like, one of my first favorite is Manic. Uh, like, that was a great song, lyrics-wise. Uh, Zulu Screams. Um, Bibby. Bibby Borelli. I think she's from around here. Yeah, she is. Um, because uh, we have a friend that knows her. Yeah, she's from around here. Mm-hmm. Maliki Berry, he's just one of the top African artists. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, uh, BB, uh, she BB, went to Blake. BB, BB, she went yeah. to Blake. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess that up. Uh, yeah, apologies. She went, but yeah, go ahead. Um, also, Colt, Coke White, Masco, Pusha T went off on that. Pusha T's been going off on features. Like, Jake, this is like Pusha T for features right now, this year. Like, he's just been going off. He has to because he exposed Drake. Yeah, but like, did you hear about like the little um, controversy with him and Rick Ross' album? On Rick Ross's album? Yeah, uh, I haven't heard anything. Why? Uh, basically, his song was taken off of it. Oh, he was mad. I don't think he was mad. They were just uh, just for marketing reasons. But like, he went off on it. Mm. And then um, last song I really liked was Spanish songs, and I really thought it connected well with like the term diaspora. Cause, you know, like African diaspora, colonizers, colonization, <clears throat> colonization, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that, that song really connected well, featured uh, Wave IQ. So okay. I re- highly recommend this album. I think it was a good like 4.5, 5 out of 5. Uh, Four and con- a half mics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Concept, Remember the source? Uh, they uh, wouldn't use stars, they would use mics. It's like four mics. Yeah, four or four and a half mics. <laughs> yeah, but uh but remember rappers you get hot when they got like three mics from the source. <laughs> I'm from the um hot new hip hop days. Where they were like uh top hot hot records. Oh yeah, or... like when the old on the old hot new hip hop yeah, when the new tr- when the new batch of tracks would come out and I, you would I have, went from uh, list to like little pictures, thumbnail pictures and this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Back when they had the list though, uh they would have like hot and then like yeah, very hot, hot or like but, had, like questionable yeah. questionable ones where it had like funny names on it like new release or something like that like it wasn't a good song but it'd be like new release. <laughs> you know it's funny. Uh, I remember uh, my brother would always get mad because every time Lil Wayne would drop a track around that time, like it would always just hot new uh, hip hop would always just be like very hot. <laughs> well, he was literally on like a like I don't know like a, like a train of hits. From like oh six, but sometimes like he would put out garbage songs. It was it was garbage, but like, remember that he, song? He, uh, he rode the wave so hard. That remember that song? Uh, She's a rider. It was a terrible song. Yeah, but no, on hot news, it was very hot. But what I'm saying is, at that point, we didn't have social media like we have it now, where people could like critique better. You know what I mean? Or yeah, I feel or get it. their comments. I'm just, I'm just saying, like in in hindsight, like it, it was hilarious. Now you because you're looking back at it now. Like, when I first came out, did you think it should have been a hot song or not? No. <laughs> but, like, everybody wrote that way. Why? Because that was the internet. Like, that, we had to go home and check stuff. <laughs> now we just have it on our phone. We're like, this is garbage. Like, hot new hip-hop world star would be like, what do you think about this track? And people would be like, it's garbage or it's good. <laughs> so, but uh, let's get on to the next category. Um, 
Plus, it's getting late, so. Yeah, we're hitting the we're hitting the midnight here. Exactly. So that's right, guys. We record late. <laughs> um, this topic I like to talk about is uh books, and I think I mentioned these two books before, but like, I was just stuck on them. They made reiterate them if they're important. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're well written and it helped me out in my life, so I might as well like it. Um, I think it's the first one is Native Son by okay. Richard Wright. What's that about? So, it's basically about this guy named Bigger Thomas. And, like, he's basically the protagonist in the book. He is living around the 1950s, Harlem Renaissance era, around then. And, um, obviously, it's not slavery or anything back then, but still it's racism. Yeah. So, like, that's what his mind was warped with. And his family lived kind of in the slums a little bit. But he got a new job. Uh, hired as a chauffeur for like this rich guy named Mr. Dalton and he just gets into trouble. I'm not going to give like a total spoiler because I want people to either watch the new HBO show on it. It's more modern times. It's like what bigger Thomas have been nowadays or either read the book, but just know I'm always a fan of the source material. Yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) exactly. But like, I just, I just really think it was a, really impactful book even though it caused a lot of controversy because it depicted a black man as like a primitive disgusting human being because he killed two women and like tried to get away with it mm. yeah yeah that's like that's the most I'm gonna give to you <laughs> but like it's that intense and you said there's a HBO yeah it's a special? HBO it's a HBO special it came out back in like May or April I haven't watched it I just found out about it mm-hmm. but it's like it's more modern time like so they changed they modernized yeah, yeah, the setting yeah, yeah, okay. exactly because it's more set back in the Harlem Renaissance era but mm-hmm. now they want to bring it up to like speed and up to date and then the next one is I need to apologize because I said I was going to finish this book within a month but I've been so busy so I have it to happens. like yeah. especially with books it happens but I have to keep myself accountable I'm always trying to work on that for consistency and that's tax wise business ownership by Toby Mathis uh, he's a lawyer out in Nevada. Um, Anderson uh, Advisors, they're really good at helping with LLCs. Everybody's looking to get their business under an LLC, looking to those guys. Um, there's just a lot of like beneficial things in this book that help small business with their taxes, like how to put an order, make sure you keep all your receipts, make sure you keep files and documents. Uh, uh, I'm... Eight months in my business, I'm still like saying this is the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure still out. Still learning the ropes. Exactly. So, like, reading this book, like, even piece by piece, I'm learning something new out of it every day. Okay. Yeah. So, let's go on to your books, Brian. So, I can't remember if I mentioned this book on the podcast before. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Uh, if I am wrong, uh, who cares? I like talking <laughs> about this book. Uh, and that's On Writing by Stephen King. Um, this, you mentioned this book, and I think you wrote a blog about it, haven't you? I did write a blog about yeah. it, yes. Surprisingly, um, your co-host actually read a little bit of that blog. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm flattered. Yeah. I'm flattered. <laughs> Go ahead. Man. But uh, yeah, this book, um, as I said in my blog, uh, this book taught me how to write, essentially. Um, it introduced me to a lot of concepts that uh, seasoned writers are aware of that uh, it was really interesting learning about for the first time. 
Um, really interesting stuff. I don't agree with everything that Stephen King says so, in here. So what do you disagree with? I always find that um, interesting when you find in books. Like, um, things I disagree with. Uh, so there's a part. There's a part in the book where he's talking about you know, um, uh, how to write a story. And one thing he says is that uh, he's not a fan of writing out his plot. Like basically having an outline for his plot. He says he rather write situations. He would basically write scenarios and just go from there. Um, that's his way of writing. Then. Yeah, that's really, like that's uh, that's his thing. Everybody's different. Yeah. And then the day, like older you get, you start to realize like you can't put everything in one box, one size fit all mm-hmm. category. But go ahead. Yeah. Um. Cause I think that's kind of backwards too. Cause like there's no org- like structure to it. Yeah. Um. He just says like when you write out a plot, you feel like you feel artificially sort of confined to what your outline is. As opposed to just letting your mind run free writing scenes and just like having the scenes just come more naturally to you. Uh, like I said, like that's mostly just his style of writing. Is that um, what uh, the writer for Star Wars did? Um, that's, the way it's set up, it seems like that. You mean George Lucas? Yeah. Uh, wait, for which which Star Wars film? Like, you know how like he didn't really start off like with the first episode. What was like the first episode that came out? Like the sixth episode or something like that? Like they, they they go back and forth. I really it's really hard oh, to understand. Uh, Star so the Wars. way the way Star Wars works is that you had the original trilogy, so that came out back in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Then you had the prequel trilogy. Uh and apparently according to George Lucas that the prequel trilogy was like in his head and like planned before the original trilogy. Uh so that's why he wanted to do a prequel trilogy rather than continue the story from the original trilogy. Um, but, I could but, be wrong about that. But though. like, like that, if you're a Star Wars fan, like, don't 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 light a torch and look for me. But uh, no, but yeah. I didn't go. I mean, go off topic. I'm just like going off of what you're saying with the scenario writing. Well, it's hard to say. Like, maybe because that sounds like the opposite. It sounds like he wrote a whole. He had his plot very much planned out. I'm very misinformed or, or know very little about Star Wars. I just like the production when mm-hmm. I watch that movie. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but uh, going back to on writing, uh. What I was just talking about with the whole uh, plotting or not plotting thing. I think the reason why Stephen King writes so fast is because like he just gets straight to yeah, business. Yeah, like that's the just... hardest part about writing. Writing it's just like because everybody's so focused on like, brainstorming and what they yeah. want to write, they're afraid to just write. So I yeah. guess that's what he's good about. Mm-hmm. He's good at doing doing yeah. it and then like modifying later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the second book I want to talk about. This is actually a book I plan on rereading <laughs> soon. Eventually, uh, cause the first I haven't read it in a very long time back when I was in like middle school and just how earlier I was talking about how Good Kid Madden City was like one of those things that just came out at the right time for me. Um, this book, I read this book at a, also a very important time in my life. Um, and that is uh, The Outsiders. Um, and this is basically is a book about no, not fitting in and kind of like be like, it's in the name, it's in the title, like being an outsider. Uh, like I said, I want to, I really want to reread this book because, uh, I've come so far in life since reading it. And I wanted to see like, you know, how much more I can relate to it from, I read this in middle school. Yeah. Yeah. From, uh, I get it. Yeah. Um, I just remember it an amazing, being a really, really good book. And, uh, it was. I read this in an English class where it was the f- this teacher I had. Um, 
was the first person to really comment comment uh on my writing uh, and told me that like I like had some talent <laughs> um and lo and behold you know I'm sitting here now like I call myself a writer uh so yeah it was it was a very important time in my life and you know that's why this book's pretty important to me and I plan on rereading it maybe sometime in the near future <clears throat> that's right, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's a movie on it too, right? I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, it's uh, a, I think it came out like the '80s. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. '80s, '90s. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting movie. But um, I guess lead us off in the next category. So yeah. next, we're talking this is about your specialty. This, <laughs> this is my specialty. Uh, we're talking about video games. So um, don't, get, don't get a video game boner on us now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But uh, I got some uh, interesting picks. Uh, okay. There's a lot of stuff I could have mentioned here, but I. I wanted to mention some things, bit more. Your list ni- is interesting. Yeah, a bit more niche, uh, but still very important games to me. So first one I want to talk about is Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Um, this give, give it, us like a brief introduction. What that is so Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic uh, is a role playing game. It was made by Bioware. Um, okay. It was one of their more earlier games. Uh, they were coming off of uh, this series called Baldur's Gate, which is like a, a RPG made from uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Knights of the Old Republic uh, is a Star Wars RPG, and the story takes place long, long, long before the original trilogy. Um, and it's really good. Uh, lots of cool stuff you can do with your player. Like quests, a lot of um, maps. Um, what's it like? What's the game like? What's the I've game like? Uh, so it kind of started this the sort of uh, style that Bioware is known for. Uh, so Bioware RPGs are known for having you know a robust character creator system, not just in terms of appearance, appearance, but also in like skills and abilities. Okay. Um, dialogue is really good in this game. Um, NPCs are voice acted and you have a pretty nice like choice of dialogue options that have a strong effect on how scenes play out and your actions ultimately affect the world around you. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, it kind of paved the way for Bioware to make the Mass Effect series, which is kind of like their own personal take on Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, Knights of the Republic to me, it was actually the first RPG I ever played. Which is a little weird because I grew up in the era of Pokemon. Uh, everybody around me was playing Pokemon, and here I was playing Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it was a it was really grand time, and RPGs have gone on to be kind of my one of my favorite genres in video games. And I have you know Knights of the Old Republic to thank for that. Um, so the second game I want to talk about is a series that I was introduced to kind of late, but has since been an, a personal favorite of mine. I've never heard of this game before. Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, so Fire Emblem, the Blazing Sword. Well, when it was localized here, they just simply called it Fire Emblem for some reason. I guess that's because it was the first game in the series to be localized. Okay. Uh, it's actually the seventh entry in the series. Um Fire Emblem is a tactics RPG, meaning uh, the way the core gameplay works is that you have a group of what's called units, and you have a grid. And each unit uh, 
can move X amount of spaces. And your goal is to basically uh, destroy your enemies or um, secure an objective. And uh, really good stuff. Um, this it's more is more like espionage, like mission based yes, type. Yes, okay, yes. Quest and, type video game. Yeah, and the gameplay is very, very tight. Uh, what I like about the Fire Emblem <laughs> series that isn't really present in other similar games is that uh, this game has no grinding. What I mean by grinding as in like extra stuff you can do to get more experience points and like strengthen your characters. Uh, Fire Emblem, specifically like the older ones, this one included, do not have grinding. So uh, it relies a lot on resource management, meaning the game gives you a set of tools and you have to use those tools to the best of and their potential. Yep. Yeah. To, in order to be successful. And another cool thing about the Fire Emblem series is that if a unit dies in battle, they're gone for good. You can't use them for the rest of the game. Like, they they actually die in the as, game. As, yeah, okay, I see. They make it as realistic as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's why, like, every move counts because you screw up a move, your unit gets jumped by some enemies, and then boom, like, they're dead. Yeah. Uh, so what a lot of people end up doing is they just reload saves and <laughs> do the map over again. Makes sense. But uh, that's the punishment, you know. Um, that's why. Yeah, because in real life, you get stabbed. You're, it hurts. It's not like, like yeah. It's not like you're like oh I can adrenaline. No, yeah. you're gonna almost die. Uh, in later <laughs> games, they made it an option to where permadeath is yeah, yeah. permadeath is turned off, so that if a character dies, they come back next. But for me, I like to play the classic style, as in permadeath on like. You better make your moves wisely, otherwise you're gonna pay for it. Sure. Um, and the third game I want to talk about is a fighting game. Um, this is probably one of the more iconic fighting game series. Um, it's in the title, you know. It's Street Fighter. I specifically want to talk about Street Fighter Five. Um, Street Fighter Five gets a lot of flack in the community for kind of dumbing down the mechanics and making the game much more easier, but less like player expressive. But the reason why I really like Street Fighter V is that uh, its simplicity really lends itself well to just learning the genre as a whole. And this was basically the first fighting game that I dove real deep into and like went out of my way to learn, you know, cool tech and stuff like that, learning matchups and stuff. Because uh, before this game, uh, whenever I played uh, fighting games, I would just kind of play them with friends. Uh, I would just like kind of do random stuff and then just, you know, put it down and didn't really think about it after that. But Street Fighter V is something, is a game that I actually wanted to get really good at and compete in. And I ended up doing just that. Uh, I learned a character, I learned some matchups, I learned some cool tech, and um, I actually started going out to competitions and playing in this game and it was fun I what had competitions did you go to um so in our area there's this place called xanadu games and did every, you mention that before i did at least once okay. um every uh i believe thursday yes thursday nights they have what's called fgc night uh fighting game community night and that's the night that they run tournaments in games like street fighter tekken and a whole bunch of other games um and yeah, every Thursday night you can compete in the tournament and play against, you know, like competitive players and it's really, really fun. Really, really good stuff. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I'm gonna pass the torch to you. Uh, I figured. Um so I'm really gonna talk about video games I grew up with. Uh 
I'm looking to trade in my Xbox to get a VR set mm. in the near future. And I say near future, maybe in the next three years, because I think they look awesome and I don't really like one. But that's besides the point. Mm. Um, so the first game is Tekken. I'm a I big Tekken, Tekken fan. Yeah. Uh, I played Tekken from like 2004 up. Like, Did so, you have like Tekken 5? Um, two. Tekken 2. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's Three, like two. that. Yeah, but like, I'm just going to basically talk about my main characters and move on. <laughs> just for the sake of time. Um, so main characters I really liked was King. King, yeah. <laughs> King yeah, was yeah. awesome. Uh, Martial Law. He was mm-hmm. so fast mm-hmm. and um so smooth. What is it? He had like the Because yeah. <laughs> he's Bruce Lee. He's Bruce Lee. He, he was so Bruce Lee. He was he's so Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. But yeah, he was like a mixer of Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, and Jackie Chan. Just just one. like Chinese like yeah. martial arts actors yeah. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. He just kicks ass. Like yeah. yeah, I loved it. But yeah, and then um I liked uh Paul Phoenix, believe it or mm-hmm. not. Yeah, Paul's really cool. Yeah. And uh Yoshi Mitsu. Yoshi Mitsu. Yeah, oh my God. Yoshi Mitsu. I like, hated fighting against yeah. Yoshi Mitsu. And like his moves are kind of hard to like master. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. really hard because like heavy, dense moves. But mm-hmm. like you said, he was hard to go against. That's the only reason I met. I remember him. Then a uh, personal favorite, Super Smash Brothers. This is everybody's favorite. But uh, okay, listen. I grew up with GameCube. Like, I started off with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the controller for Nintendo stick. Like oh, the, the N64? The, yeah, the three-arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I it hate, was definitely super awkward. Oh, yeah, I hate the joystick under it, mm-hmm. yeah. The but, GameCube controller, though, oh, that feels yeah. heaven. Yeah. It's, I it love was how perfect. It, feels. it was perfect. I got obsessed with the GameCube controller. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I could ever get, like, a GameCube again and just play it like that. Well, like, the new uh, the new Smash Brothers, uh, you can actually still play with the GameCube controller. But I'm talking about like an updated GameCube. Oh, just like just to have like yeah. your GameCube back. Yeah, like, oh like yeah, a yeah. Nostalgic I, that's fair. updated that's GameCube. Fair. Like, um, yeah, if I ever get money, I'm definitely gonna invest in that. Yeah, but uh, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, what's really cool about that game, right? Is it's something that like everybody's just willing to at least pick up and try. Exactly. because uh, there's been so many, so many, so many times that you know somebody brings over Super Smash Brothers and like. People who don't even like play video games at all, just like, oh yeah, let me let me hop on Smash. Like, yeah, who doesn't <laughs> like to say Smash? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never gender specific. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just everybody, love. yeah, everybody mm-hmm. loves it. Mm-hmm. That game and also Mario Kart. Yes, Mario Kart will because like especially because it uh, converted over to Wii too. Yeah, like, like it's on everything. Yeah, it's yeah. on from GameCube to Wii. Like yeah. everybody can play. It's like a family or a game. Yeah, yeah or just. Yeah. Friends come I have, over. I have a love hate relationship with Mario Kart. Why is that? Tell tell, you, tell our listeners. About I hate that. I hate doing really well in Mario Kart, and I'm in first place. And next thing you know, I get hit by a blue shell. <laughs> so for our listeners who may not know, um, Mario Kart is a racing game, and uh, it has uh, in you pick up items and you use these items uh, to kind of screw over screw over other players. Mm-hmm. And there's an infamous item in the game called the blue shell. So say I'm in like eighth place and then I pick up an item box and because the items are randomized. You don't know what you're going to get until like you hit the item box and then like it goes like a lottery like and then like and then you have your item. And the blue shell is something you get when you're towards like last place. Yeah. And it's basically an item that you throw. It goes all the way up to whoever's in first place and you just bombs them. (laughs) And I always hated it because I'm like, here's the thing, right? Like 
if I'm in eighth place and I get a blue shell, like, what's that going to really do for me? Like, it's going to screw over whoever's in first place, sure. And, like, I guess I'll move up but one that's, place. But that's how you move up. It's about, like, survival. But there's so the... many better items to get if I'm in, like, last place than blue shell. Like, blue oh, well, shell is, like... What do you think? Like, super speed or, like... Yeah, like the invincible star yeah. so that, like, nothing can hurt, hurt you. you. Yeah, or okay. bullet bill, which literally, like, turns the game into like, auto mode. And you're, like, uh, a bullet just flying past Yeah, and, like, you're, like, knocking people over. Yeah. But, like, the blue shell, like... I think you... it's hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but the blue shell, like, you just throw the blue shell and just screws over whoever's in first like it makes no sense but like you still get like a good feeling when you knock somebody out of first place like don't just sit there and act like oh that guy thought he was right at the finish line and you hit him with a blue shell but here's the and thing he's right here's the thing right you're playing with your friends and you might hit your friend who's in first place and then your other friend takes first place and wins it you know what I mean? Like, uh, what does that do for me? Like, I mean, that's just the way of life like you it's literally just something you throw to troll somebody but then sometimes you can win it you got to roll the dice, Brian. You got to roll the dice. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to start coming, winding down the end of the show. We're going to start talking about um others. Other. That's literally what yeah. we wrote in the document. Exactly. Like other, like other, other medium platforms, yeah. like podcasts or. Some things, like, things that we have, we didn't really want to dedicate like a whole segment to. Yeah. And on top of that, it like, it still relates to some type of art. Yeah. Yeah. Art of course. Form. So I'll, I'll start us off. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes listen to this podcast called um, "The Science of Success" by Matt Bonard, and um, basically he just interviews people who like are like physical therapy, psychologists, um, uh, people who are in the military, uh, people who are CEOs, people who just found their own system into finding success that works for them. Mm-hmm. And I just always thought this was like, interesting. The minute like I read the like brief description about it, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Cause like it's evident based too. And I like Google research the people he like mm-hmm. talked to and stuff like that. And it's just, I highly recommend people listen to it. It's a uh, five and a half stars on a podcast, Apple podcast review. So out of, wait, you right. said five and a half. Yeah. Out of, no, it's four and a half. Four and a half. Okay, it's I was about to say, I was like, wait, what do you mean yeah, five, and and five and a half? Five and a half out no, of four, ten? It's 4.7, excuse me. Listen, it's 4.7. Ah, five and a half. Yeah, it's 4.7. I was about to say, five. I was like, five and a half. Yeah. So, but no, that just shows you how good it is. It's kind of hard to get a five-star podcast. It's impossible, because like, all it just takes is one review. No. I, I think, uh, hold on. I think Joe Rogan may have a five-star podcast. But he's been he is in thousands and people have been listening to him for like years. But he might have a five star podcast. Apple review. It's but uh I think four point eight. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I told you like, it's impossible because all it takes is just one review of not of a non five star. And he has twelve a hundred and twelve K thousand ratings. Mm. This guy, Matt Bonar, only has like five hundred and eighty four. Wow, but uh, yeah, I highly recommend that podcast. And then my next other form of art or media is, uh, no, I guess it would be art, is uh, yoga and martial arts. I find it relaxing. Uh, I think when I did the Spotlight interview, I was talking about me doing BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, 
And I also like to stretch here and there because, like, I'm getting older and my hips are getting tight. Yeah, them joints, man. Yeah, I feel it. But it's also about like, <laughs> what Brian talked about earlier. I don't know. What, what was that, Brian? But what Brian talked about earlier is, like, watching your health. Like, that's really important. Yeah. Um, finding your, the right diet for you because everybody's body's different. It's always good to take suggestions but also, like, test what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I highly suggest anybody that's like interested in at least yoga. Now, mm-hmm. BJJ may be a little rough. It exercises your body, but also exercises your mind. Like, well, well, I mean, relaxes. Well, your it mind. creates a it circulates blood flow through your body. Yeah, for yoga stretching, mm-hmm. and then like it's also it's not just about like stretching; it's about <clears throat> breathing too. Yeah, uh, breathing technique. Mm-hmm. Um, it clear it helps clear your conscious. Because having like a good breathing technique just makes you. Uh, I feel like people with good breathing technique are, like, less clumsy. They're calm. Yeah. They're uh, smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, less anxiety because, mm-hmm. like, they they have a more connection with their brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use breathing technique to, like, monitor, well, not monitor, but kind of control my anxiety. Sometimes I have, like, these weird sort of, like, panic attacks, and I get through them by just, you know, focusing on my breathing. So do you meditate, Brian? Uh, no, not necessarily, but... uh. Like I said, just practicing like breathing technique allows me to. It's the reason why I don't take medication for like my anxiety. Like I specifically avoid, you know, taking things like Lexapro and stuff like that. Ritalin. Yeah, like I'd rather just you know just, just be like. Nothing like fresh air, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So well, um, we are in the closet though. Yeah, so, it's, it's a little different. But um, I'm gonna pass the torch back to you, Brian. Yeah, I'll take that torch back. Yeah. Uh, Finish us out. Yeah. So um, I have another podcast I want to mention here, and that's writing excuses. This is a, a podcast that I've been listening to religiously for the past few months. Um, it's a podcast about writing technique made by writers for writers. Um, the way the podcast is set up is that it has a panel of writers all com- coming from different backgrounds. And each week they talk about a specific topic. And the episodes are also broken down into seasons. And seasons have like overarching themes. So their most recent season, they're on uh, season 14, um, deals with world building and all the kind of intri- intricacies that go into that. Uh, the previous season, season 13, uh, they were talking about uh, character development and uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, I've been kind of working on my creative writing because, you know, I think creative writing is really cool. I like telling stories. I like uh, creating characters. And this uh, podcast has done a lot to inform me on, uh, you know, pro- not proper, but uh, good habits and techniques to uh, get into when you know writing stories and it also introduced me to some of the inner workings of being uh, having writing as a career you know i've learned about things like alpha and beta readers how uh, agents work uh really cool stuff nice Mm -hmm. and uh i guess what's and probably our final thing we're going to be talking about uh this podcast it's weird to kind of end on this note but uh so this is actually the, f- you know, we've had this podcast called Art That Has Influenced Us, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the first time we're actually, I'm actually talking about a picture or a painting. Well, this is not a painting, but uh, it's a drawing. Um, so 
uh, let's see, earlier this year, uh, my ex-girlfriend drew a portrait of me. And the way it kind of came about, it was actually a birthday present. Um, she kind of saw me upload a picture online on one of my social media accounts. And it's like, I'm going to draw this. <laughs> <laughs> so she drew a picture of me using that picture as a reference and um, came out really, really nice. Um, she admittedly um, didn't, doesn't really draw portraits that often. Um, but uh, she has really, really strong art fundamentals. So, you know, it was... I've seen this portrait. It's, yeah. I'll give it a... Yeah, yeah it's really mean? good. Like, it's, it's not really... like I would give it anything below that. Like, it's, <laughs> it's very detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. She, she, yeah, got, and, she got uh, everything... Nose right, everything like that. Yeah, you <laughs> got my nose right. Yeah, so uh, fun fact, not to interrupt, but um, our logo for NCAS, the person who made our portrait messed up your nose. I'd have to check it out. I haven't no, no, looked no, at like, it. No, I, I, I don't know if I delete it or not, but I have to look at my old files. I'd let you check it out. But like, they messed up your nose completely. I was like, I'm not paying you more until... You fix my boy's nose. Like, he's literally, like, in the front, like, right there. Like, what they do? They give me a white nose? No, they just, like, it was, like, old and wrinkly. <laughs> like, it was just it was just a disgusting way of putting it. Like, it wasn't matching your face. Like, they had your face fine, mm-hmm. but then they just messed up your nose. It made it look like three, like, like a bird, upside down bird, a drawing yeah. bird. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, you got to fix his nose. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a side note of another portrait, yeah. if anyone wants to check that out. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, um, that meant a lot to me. Uh, first time somebody ever drew a picture of me. So, yeah, first for everything. Right. And uh, so, you yeah. feel special. Yeah, it, uh, I'm not going to lie. It did make me feel special. It was my birthday, though, so yeah, I'm yeah. supposed to feel special on yeah, that day. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I always wanted to do this, like, fat heads, like, portraits at, like, Six Flags and stuff like that. Fat head portraits? Yeah, like, they'll do, like, um... Say you want to be like a oh. Batman character to make your head really big, but like a Batman side or something like that. Or like, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, or like just have yourself with a jersey or something like mm-hmm. that. But I never did it. Plus, mm-hmm. I already big head, so I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, you already got a big head. Exactly. So I was like, why do I want to make it any bigger? But uh, yeah, that uh, concludes this episode. Yeah, man, it was it was good stuff. Yeah, it was a nice break from the norm. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like. Like I said earlier, you know, we we tend to like to focus on, you know, serious uh, niche topics. But uh, like I said, I think this episode was a nice break, you know, for us to kind of talk about ourselves some more. And Um, I haven't really told Brian this, but I specifically focus on those niche topics in the beginning episodes because I want to create a foundation. And it's not just about me, but I feel like it's important to start off with like topics like media literacy mm-hmm. game why, theory game theory mm-hmm. why why does media influence like this episode it just helps get to understand where we're coming from so when we go into like more episodes here mm-hmm. and there like we can be more free and people can look back and be like oh they've been talking about stuff like this yeah and we can always reference back our old podcast episodes too okay. yeah yeah so yeah, I really like this episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to have to get a credit to Brian for this one because he actually came <laughs> up with the concept and the title for it. And uh, like you said, it's a little bit like out of our norm. Yeah. But like it's at the same time, it's not. Because it's like <laughs> it's kind of breaking down like why we think media and it's art important. Yeah. is important and why it influences us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
That's I'll give you a little golf golf clap. I'll clap for myself as <laughs> well. So yeah, uh what episode are we on? I guess this is episode nine. Oh exactly. wow, we're this deep already. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, uh, we've been th- working a little. <laughs> yeah, but, finding the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, so do you want to give your social media? I know you want to keep the consistency with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might as well give it out every episode. So yeah, yeah uh, if you want to reach out to me, you know, best place is Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Brian D Lifer. That's B R I A N D L E I F E R. Uh, and if you want to reach me by Instagram for some reason, um, you can do that too. That's at Bumblebee Brian. That's B-U-M-B-L-E-B-E-E underscore B-R-I-A-N. And I'm Prince Atom Ayo. If you want to reach me at Twitter, you can reach me at underscore capital N-I-G-M-A underscore capital M. I mean, capital R-M. And then... If you want to reach me at Instagram, you can reach me at my personal account um, at lowercase p dot underscore N-I-G-M-A. And that's my personal account. And if anybody's interested in travel bags or backpacks, you can check out my store account. And also give us a follow on NCAS. There's yeah, an NCAS yeah, yeah. We can too. always use more followers. Exactly. On NCAS. <laughs> Uh, learn about uh, episodes as soon as they go up. Exactly. Um, and yeah. just uh, the um, search bar for that is uh, at N underscore cast underscore. Mm-hmm. So all lowercase. Okay. Yeah, you can follow us there too. So a lot of counts now. We're trying to branch out, trying to get people to notice us here and there. Yeah, notice us. Yeah. We want to be noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Awareness. That's what it's about. It's mm-hmm. not about selling anything it's more about awareness and knowing how people connect yeah you want us in our that's the whole reason for this podcast is connecting but -hmm. that's a whole different story and whole Mm -hmm. different episode (laughs) i'm not gonna go off topic it's late past brian's bedtime mine's yeah like as soon as i cut the cord here like i'm about to go hop in my bed i'm already in my pajamas right now actually same so uh yeah thank you for listening to the end cast and we are signing out we appreciate y'all peace